Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Colby Cohen and I sit down with leading goal scorer Alex Debrinkit to discuss his emergence at just under 24 years old as one of the top goal scorers in the NHL, his journey to the NHL, and so much more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Carter Baum, Colby Cohen with you once again. Colby, uh, first off, we we didn't really get a chance to kind of riff back and forth last week. We had a great conversation with Kyle Davidson, uh, just kind of presented that in its full format for the fans there. But uh, been uh, been a little while since you and I got to go back and forth and talk. How you doing? Everything going well? You got a nice little trip to Montreal last week. Uh, a little bit of a big game for you as well. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, five hundred wins. We uh, had a little prelude of it when we were talking to Kyle. But uh, how you been? Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I feel very fortunate that I got to be in the booth that night for Flowers' five hundredth win, and I don't think I realized it until. You know, obviously, we knew he was playing for it and thought, you know, I thought there was a pretty good chance we would win that game in Montreal. But I don't think it it was, you know, really hitting me until the entire Bell Center was on their feet. How cool was that? You know, with a minute left in the game or even less than a, or more than a minute left in the game. And they were chanting flower, flower. I mean, I think Pat Foley actually did it on the broadcast where he was like kind of echoing the the people chanting and I, I just it was a really cool sports moment I mean when you're when you're around sports as much as you know I feel like that I've been uh, you know as a player and now as a um, you know working in the the TV side and I've done national championship games and I've got to call Stanley Cup playoff games even some game sevens I've got to do for Westwood one radio winter classic like i've got to do really cool events so you know you start to i don't want to say you take it for granted but it it sort of becomes you know you get really focused on what mm-hmm. your job has to be in that you have to do it well that sometimes you don't necessarily take it all in but i'll tell you what like that flurry win was special i mean i had goosebumps my arms you know the hair on my arms was like standing straight up it was just a really cool moment to be just to be able to be in the building for it obviously to be on the call hearing pat sort of serenade it all in my own headset as i kind of laid out and let foley kind of handle that because i felt like he could you know really do that moment justice better than i could so (laughs) Um, it, it was really cool. Like I feel, I feel really fortunate. And I told flower that yesterday in the hallway, you know, we were chatting for a couple of minutes and, um, we were just talking a little bit about that game. And obviously we got to talk to him in Vancouver and, you know, it's always fun talking to flower. He's such a happy guy. I love asking him goalie specific questions because I'll be honest with you. It's a position that I don't 
understand like i don't understand i don't think anyone understands people, but the goalies people who want to stand in front of 100 mile an hour <laughs> flying discs so like i love talking hockey with him i always am asking him like little goalie questions to help me like be able to do better on broadcasts in the studio whatever because again it's a position that like i'm not going to fully pretend like i understand goaltending is like a black hole yeah. like nobody understands it so other than guys who played it um <laughs> and so you know, that, that was really cool. It really was. And, and just yesterday chatting with flower about it, you know, he's smiling as always ear to ear. And then he makes you smile. Cause he's smiling. It's like, you got this, like, it's like when you yawn and you make everyone else yawn, but like him, he smiles and makes everyone else yeah. smile. So that was awesome. It really was. I, I, I just, I'm fortunate that Eddie had a commitment that <laughs> night. I texted Edzo after the game, Edzo, I don't usually do this, but I really appreciate you having a prior commitment yeah. tonight because I'm I'm so happy I got to do this game. It was a big commitment for him, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame induction. I know that's something that's special yeah, to him. As Otherwise, a former Hall of Famer, uh, yeah, his and, friends going in between Peter McNabb and Tony Granado, unreal guys. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like he had a dinner, you know, no, that he no, couldn't no. get out of. Yeah, but he big was asked for to him. speak yeah. at the Hall of Fame introduction, which was um, which was great. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, I, I lucked out. I mean, I, as I've done before in my career, <laughs> I just keep kind of lucking out a little bit, you know, they don't ask how sometimes That's it's just, right. you know, you go into it, uh, an extra couple practice days for the team this week. They're supposed to play against Calgary at home on Monday nights. Uh, that game got postponed to a later date yet to be announced Calgary dealing with uh, a COVID outbreak of their own right now, but, uh, a couple extra practice days, a couple, um, sessions to to work on some things, as Derek King was saying uh, on on Monday. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about a transaction over the weekend: the team recalled Brett Connolly from Rockford. Uh, you and I discussed when he originally was sent down, uh, coming out of training camp. Just you know how tough that is, and at the time it was it was such a deep roster up front, really tough for him to kind of crack into his own. He gave it everything he had in training camp, but. By all accounts, Colby, he went down to Rockford, and as a veteran, sometimes that's tough to do, but he had the right mentality, really proved himself down there, one of the most consistent players all season. Uh, you know, Some injury luck comes up. He gets his opportunity now, called back up to Chicago, and um, it, it really shows you kind of what the character that he has to be able to go down and do that and now get the opportunity to come, up, come back to the NHL and prove he can do this. Yeah, Carter. And I've seen it both ways because I spent most of my career in the American League. So I've seen players that are NHL players that have long, successful NHL careers come to the American League. And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen guys who have come down and not been pleasant to be around. And then I've seen guys who have done what Chris Connolly did, excuse me, what Brett Connolly did. Mm -hmm. um, I had a former teammate named Chris <laughs> Connolly. So sorry about that, cons. But um you know, he went down to Rockford and he was the definition of a good pro. And, you know, I remember talking to Derek King maybe two weeks into the season when Derek was still head coach in Rockford. And one of the questions I asked him was about Connolly. And he just was, you know, couldn't say enough good things about the person. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he's a good player. That goes without saying. He scored 20 goals a lot of different years in the NHL, which is not a mistake. When you consistently can score 20 in this league, you're a good hockey player. So, you know, whatever the cir circumstances were, they were. But he went down there and he was a leader. He, he's been great for Lucas Reichel. 
He's been great for young players in Rockford. He's showing guys how you need to show up, prepare, how you need to be consistent, how you need to take care of yourself. Um, he's uh, been a vocal leader down there. And, you know, Anders Sorensen would say the same thing, who's who's currently the head coach in Rockford. Uh, he would sing the same level of praise for, for Brett Connolly. And it's not lip service, Carter, because these guys don't have to say anything. You know, you can ask them about a player and you can always tell if they are just not, they don't really want to talk about it. It's because they don't want to badmouth someone. But they wanted to tell me how good of a pro and how good of an influence Connolly has been down there and how hard he's worked. He obviously wants to be here in the NHL, but he said in his press conference yesterday, he was not going to be that guy because I'm sure he knows about the guys who go down there and and are, quote unquote, that guy. They yeah. act bigger than the team. They don't want to be there. Uh, it makes everyone uncomfortable because they're really probably the best player down there. So I give him a lot of credit. Not an easy situation at all this late in his career, um, you know, mentally, physically, you know, tough, tough situation for him. And he, you know, it speaks a lot about the player's character and it speaks a lot about why he's been a successful player as to why he acted and was the way he was and now finds himself back here with a great opportunity because, you know, it looks to me like he's going to get an opportunity to play up the lineup, um, you know, potentially with Jonathan Taves and and uh, Brandon Hagel and Taves is finding that scoring touch. He's got goals in two games in a row. Um, you know, he took some reps with the power play in practice. And again, he's always been a guy who's played power play in the NHL because he can score. So uh, give him a lot of credit because, you know, putting myself in his shoes, I'm not sure I would have been able to do what he did. Seriously, I don't think a lot of players would be able to. So it's important, I think, that we talked about this and it's important that we sung his praise and we kind of let people know it really isn't an easy thing that he's he's dealt with this year um, and good for him. Like I'm certainly going to be rooting for his success uh, up here in Chicago now for, you know, while he's here and, and beyond. Yeah. Three games in four days coming up. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good opportunity there, especially if you're feeling it in the AHL to come up and be able to play right away. Well, look what it did for Kurashev. Kurashev exactly. goes down there, scores three points in a couple of games, two goals, comes back here and has been really noticeable. I mean, he made a play in that Toronto game the other night where uh, wins a, a foot race down the ice, beats yeah. two guys, knocks one over to Kubalik and gets Kubalik a, a, you know, a slam dunk type of goal. Um, I'm not sure he makes that play had he not gone down to the American League and built some of that confidence up. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Connolly on the score sheet over the next couple of games. I would not be shocked. I'd be willing to bet on it, actually. You heard it here first. Another guy who's who's feeling that confidence you mentioned, Jonathan Taves, goals in back-to-back -back games. A lot was made about what's going on. He doesn't have a goal through the first 25 games of the season. He had nine, 10 assists to go along with it. So it wasn't like he was completely absent, but he's playing a little bit of a different role. He's playing a little more further down the lineup. He's still the same Jonathan Taves on the faceoff dot, winning nearly 60% of his draws uh, over the course of the season. But he gets that one, a direction, a redirection in Montreal, goes back out in Toronto, has another one right away, the first goal of the game. I mean, you can see just the, the monkey off the back. He literally shook the monkey off his back on the broadcast. The gorilla. The, the gorilla. The gorilla. <laughs> I think that's what Pat said, the gorilla. But, you know, Jonathan was, was really not playing poorly. And no. I think, you know, people 
want to talk about his stat line. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a Hall of Famer we're talking about, and he missed an entire year of hockey. I mean, (laughs) the fact that he's been as good as he has been is impressive. And he does so many things away from the puck that go unnoticed to to the eye, to the, you know. The defensive stats are not really a thing in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, he just, he the way he can influence a game without the puck, I mean, when a centerman comes in to take a draw against him, a young centerman in the NHL, they they think they lost the draw before it even started. Like, there's a mental edge that having him with two feet on the ice, you know, that he has an aura. And that, that matters. You watch certain players. When Patrick Kane has the puck on the wall, everybody backs up a little bit because they don't want to look stupid. When you go into a face-off against Taves, you just know you're probably going to lose the face-off. Like that mentally, that stuff adds up throughout the course of a game. And the things that he is able to do away from the puck, um, the way he's, again, he's still probably working on get his, getting his conditioning and getting himself back to 100% fully. Um, you know, it seems to me like his hands and his timing is just continuing to get better and better. And look, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go on a run here. I really wouldn't. I mean, because, you know, you get that first one, then he gets the second one. You mentioned he's got like nine or 10 assists, so now he's up to 12 points. I mean, it's basically what, half a point a game this year, uh, maybe a little less than half a point a game. Um, you know, with, with 12 points or something like that, or 11 points and 20 whatever games. So maybe it's, it's 0.4 points a game. Again, it's a guy who missed how long and the year before was kind of the goofy year with the the COVID. I mean, so it's going to take a little bit of time, but like people are going to be chewing on their foot when they see this guy back, you know, vintage looking like himself, um, which he, he seemingly has been coming back to that, you know, level of, of, you know, dominance that I think people are looking for. And and again, I, I'm enjoying watching it. Before we tee up uh, our, our guest today, Alex DeBrinkett, uh, you talk about playing vintage. That guy continues to score points and goals and lead the teams offensively across the board. But uh, one other transaction since uh, you and I last spoke, Curtis Gabriel acquired from Toronto. Uh, Chad Chris being sent the other way. He spent a lot of time in Rockford over the last couple of years. But be you guy. Be you guy. There yeah, you go. Curtis yeah. Gabriel, though, coming in, and he's someone who wasn't able to crack the Toronto lineup, the NHL lineup. That's a pretty tough lineup to crack, uh, for being honest. But uh, the Blackhawks really like what he can bring and, and potentially have that physicality, that, that third, fourth line role. Um, still dealing with some paperwork things, but uh, someone that I think Derek King has has spoken uh, glowingly of over the last couple of days. Yeah, when I was working in Philly, I think maybe one year he signed with the Flyers and played maybe played a couple of games. Didn't make the team out of camp, but look, there's no secrets about what he brings to the team. I mean, he brings sandpaper, and that's really his what his role I would think would be here. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to come here and have uh, lots of goals, lots of assists, but he's going to run into people. Um, he's going to play straight line hockey. He's going to look out for his teammates. Um, you know, I think I don't. I don't know if the word enforcer is a fair word anymore because it's not really something that lives in the NHL. But it's nice to know you have a guy like that looking over your shoulder. And for the other team, you look over your shoulder when you know he's out on the ice, or he's going to be the one who you have to answer to if you take a liberty at one of our players. So. 
Uh, I'm be interested to see where he fits into this lineup. Um, I know there's been some experimentation right now on the fourth line. Mackenzie Entwistle comes back. Looks like uh, he went down to Rock- Rockford for a game or two, and now he'll come back into the lineup. Um, you Someone know, who's just, looking good out of camp too, and another yeah. unfortunate timed incident. Yeah, he had injury. A, he had an injury, but uh, in a way too, like I don't necessarily. Again, it's terrible when you get injured, but it's not the worst thing for a young player to have to watch a little bit because it's moving really fast out there, and then you get a chance to sit back and watch a little bit. You can actually learn from that time, you know, not playing, watching up in the press box, see the way things are developing. Everything in the press box looks very easy. So maybe, you know, he'll see some different plays. There's some things that might look more open from up there than down there and be able to, you know, translate that into making some plays. And and um, he'll come back into the lineup. Slavin has kind of stayed on that fourth line center. I think that uh, the coaching staff likes that he's predictable and reliable. Um, words that not only uh, Anders used from his days playing in Rockford with him, but his college coach, Mike Havlin, kind of used the same types of uh, verbs to, excuse me, adjectives to describe his game. Yikes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I just think that he'll add another layer of, of sandpaper to this lineup, a little bit of toughness. I think Derek King had requested Kyle Davidson to go out and try to find something like that for the lineup. Uh, I think that's a good thing to see as well. Your GM and your head coach in lockstep together communicating over, Hey, this is kind of what I would like to add to my lineup. And then the GM goes out the next day or two and makes that type of move. Uh, I think that's a really good sign of, of really good teamwork between Derek and Kyle and, and kind of getting on the same page. Obviously they've both been thrusted into new roles this year. So I know it's a sort of a small transaction, but it's, it's, it's bigger in the sense that it's good to see sort of uh, two gentlemen who have a major hand in, in the on ice product working together and kind of on the same page about what they're looking for and what they want to see. Well, it will be interesting to see when he does get in the lineup, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of level he can bring, what kind of different type of attitude he can bring or not attitude, but skill set he can bring to the group. Uh, one guy whose skill set we don't really need to introduce a whole lot is that of Alex Dabrinkit seems to continue to do it all scoring goals adding assists mr consistent on this roster what's over the his last assist year number what is his assist number at because i i've made a couple jokes his way about the cy young award so he's at six now but he's had a couple over the last the last few games i think he had a three-game assist streak uh back in early december he's definitely upped his numbers so what is he right now how many goals? six on the year Six assists and how many goals? Uh, he has 14 goals in 27 games. 14 goals in 27 games. I will it's, say he actually has five assists over his last six games, seven games. So, so then so. when I gave him the Cy Young, when I was giving him a hard time about the Cy Young, that he didn't he games. didn't properly give you credit then on when we talked to him, you know, about, you know, you, you turned that other aspect of his game yeah, around. No, right. Yeah, from the press box. <laughs> I, hey, it's the easiest place to play hockey, the press box. Yeah. I Everything do it every night. Slow. The players look small. I mean, it's a, it's it's easy up there. But Alex Debrinkit, Mister Mister Consistent, continuing three hundred games, uh, almost two hundred fifty points. Unbelievable! I mean, unbelievable! I mean, the list of players when you start diving into the offensive stats that he lives with is insane. I mean, it's the greats. 
I mean, when you when you stack what he's done before the age of 24 up, it's incredible. I mean, this guy is is quietly becoming a major superstar in this league. And I I know that I talked a little bit about this with him, but it's hard for me to envision a, a U.S. Olympic team without Alex to bring it on it. If the NHL players go, I don't think they're actually going to go, but he would certainly be picked if they go. A first choice, uh, Alex Dabrinkit. We'll toss it over to our lengthy chat with the winger now. Joined now by uh, Alex Dabrinkit, who is having quite the season, quite a uh, a start to the year, if I do say so myself, uh, Alex. You're scoring goals. You're you're finding some assists more regularly lately too. I mean, how do you feel the the year has gone off to to start for you and? almost hit the ground running from where you finished last year, at least to the first couple months. Um, yeah, I think it's been good. Um, uh, obviously team success wasn't there at the start, um, getting better, but, um, it's definitely a lot easier when, when the team's winning and, um, if you're contributing, I feel like you feel more valuable at the beginning of the year is kind of tough. Um, you know, down in the dumps most of the days. So, um, it's been a lot more fun lately and, um, you know, I'm just trying to contribute any way I can. We do have to wish you uh, an early happy birthday, 24th <laughs> birthday coming up on Saturday, a game in Dallas. You've played a couple games on your birthday. I was looking it up earlier, but, uh, I want to run a stat by you. I don't know if you've seen this, but of all Blackhawks, um, players to play significant amount of time before their 24th birthday you're you're fifth right now in in goals like oh, right man. behind jonathan taves you've passed patrick kane so you can go that give good? that to yeah, him a little yeah, bit yeah, Is that yeah. Good? yeah i'll take that the, okay. only, the only names ahead of you i mean they're all you know well known Read the names. jeremy roenick uh he's not bad dennis savard heard he's jonathan taves bobby holes up there as well taves has 144 you're at 133 you still have uh, two games, so you know yeah. maybe you pass them up, get yeah, eleven or twelve hopefully. in the next couple. But uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good list, right there. It's a pretty I've, good I've list. heard. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, they're they're pretty good players. But uh, I mean, have you had that moment yet? I mean, you're you're several seasons in now. You're still so young, though. But have you had that moment of like? This has been a, a wild start to your to your career. Even being recognized with names like that and at the top of the league, near the top of the league, and scoring uh, more consistently now. Um, yeah, for sure. I think it's um, you know ever since I came in, I think even the guys just in the locker room have been pretty crazy to me. I think you know you come in and, and you watch these guys play your whole life, and then you're playing with Taser and, and Kaner and Dunks and Siebes and you got Crawford and that. I think there's Sharpie was there too. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, I learned so much from those guys my first year and obviously still learning um, a lot and, um, you know, throughout the years. So I think just the, the whole ride has been pretty crazy. And when you sit back and, and think about it, it's, uh, you know, you kind of got to pinch yourself and, um, you know, you can't really believe it's happening, but um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I really like being here and, um, you know, enjoying the company of these guys. You've had some pretty good line mates over the course of your career. Going back to Erie, who who did you play with when you were in the OHL? Just to make sure I have this right. <laughs> yeah, I played with uh, McDavid and, and Strom um, for the most part, and those were my centermen most of my years. And okay, in Erie, we know yeah. where we know where Strom's at. Where's we, that other yeah, guy? That other guy, <laughs> Connor Mc, you know what's his name? Jake? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now you're here in Chicago and you play on a line with Patrick Kane. Um, what's that like? I mean, you've been fortunate to be surrounded by good players and look you've put yourself in that position because you're 
a pure goal scorer. I mean, not a lot of guys can score like you can. I think I made a joke one or two weeks ago on one of the um, on one of the game broadcasts when I said you might be in line for the Cy Young this year because the, the goals were so high. <laughs> but um, all in good fun, as you know. <laughs> but uh, he's laughing, everyone. Don't worry. Um, so I like to play with Kane and to have Kane want to play with you. I mean, you know, this is a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if you ask him, who do you want to play with? The first word out of his mouth is the cat. I mean, it's it's he wants to be on the ice with you. What's that like? And, and you know, what's that meant to you, your confidence, your development? I mean, you know, all of the above, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, playing with Kaner is, it, it's a lot of fun. Obviously you get to play in the ozone a lot and, um, <clears throat> you know, he sets you up all the time. So, you know, even when you miss one or two, you know, you're going to get another one. So, um, for me, it's kind of sticking with that and, and not getting too frustrated if I miss a chance or, or whatever, cause, um, you know, most of the time I'm going to get another one. So, um, I mean, I, I, I've just learned so much from him um, over the years, too. Um, you know, he wants to be the best. He's won everything you can, pretty much, and he's still out after practice, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, you know, just practicing on his game, and, um, you know, he's usually one of the last ones off the ice. So to see a guy who's done that, um, you know, won cups, you know, won individual awards, and he's still out there trying to be the best, I think, you know, from the very start, I kind of gravitated towards that, and, um, you know, wanted to, to follow that and, um, you know, kind of join in on that. So, but playing with him is, is unbelievable. And, um, I think he's a, a big part of, you know, why I've had so many chances to score and, um, you know, a couple of goals this year. And you kind of going back a little bit to your junior days, you're a Michigan kid, um, Farmington, right? Farmington yep, Hills. Farmington Hills yeah. And some other good, good hockey players that came out. I think Brian Rust is from that area, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. They might be from Bloom. Are they Bloomfield um, Hills? Yeah, he's around there. Um, Cam Fowler's from Farmington Hills. Um, I think Ryan Kessler's from like yeah. Bloomfield Hills or some, somewhere around there. So Livonia. Yeah. So a lot of those guys go through the national program, those Michigan kids, mm-hmm. and then they go off to school. You you went the major junior route, right? You played in Yuri. Sherry Basson, was he still there? Yeah, yeah, oh, he, yeah. I remember getting recruited <laughs> by him. He, he yeah. took an interesting approach with me that I'll tell you about when we're not filming a podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, what, talk a little bit about your journey here, like getting here. I mean, you know, you've you've had a very seamless transition <laughs> the last, it, it, at least on paper, um, because you've just been so elite right away. I mean, what has what that whole journey for you been like running up to now where you're one of the elite scorers in the NHL at, at 24 years old and a guy who is probably a lock to make the Olympic team? I mean, if, if the players go, you know, you, you've established yourself as, as a star in this league, but there's obviously a recipe that goes into that, and I think your path – you know, it's different than everybody else's. Obviously, everyone has their journey. But, you know, what were those milestone markers, part of your journey, which ways you went? Like, like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I played AAA in Michigan for a couple years. And um, going into – so I could have gone to juniors, um, obviously the 16-year-old year, but I have a late birthday. So, um, you know, it didn't work out that way where I didn't get uh, drafted or picked up by really anyone. I got drafted in the USHL and didn't make the team. So then 
Um, I actually well, that came... coach has got to be kicking themselves <laughs> right now as you're uh, lighting up the NHL. What what team was that? Uh, the Waterloo Blackhawks. So was the coach? Was it peak? Was it the same guy? PK? Yeah, whatever? yeah, He's yeah. Been there forever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Swinging so... a miss. Waterloo Blackhawks. Well, they, they took a chance on me, so we're we're, we're not going to go at them too hard. All but, right. Um, it's all in good fun. So I didn't get drafted to the OHL and. Um, you know, didn't really talk to NTDP much. So um, I decided to actually come here to Chicago to a prep school, um, Lake Forest Academy. And, um, you know, I had a great, I had a great year there. I had a lot of fun, um, learned a lot there. And that's when Cherry Baston saw me play and um, wanted me to come to Erie. And um, so just kind of sat down with my parents and took a a long hard look at what you know it could turn into and um you know they were happy with whatever I chose and I ended up choosing to go to the OHL and um you know I thought it was a good chance for me to you know show what I have and obviously there's a lot of scouts at those games when you have McDavid and Strom and we had a, a lot of other uh great players on the team um that year too so um I thought that was a good opportunity for me and I think that year I just learned so much um you know, how to, you know, be more of a pro and, and looking at guys, you know, that are going through the draft process. And, um, would you have about 120 points that year? <laughs> I had 104. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he leaves that out. The humble guy leaves out the fact that he had 100 points in his first season in what, 60 games? Uh, yeah, 68 games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No big deal. I'll throw the stat line around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 104, but who's counting? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, just growing up, I always just kind of went with my gut and, um, you know, it was kind of an odd move for me to come to Lake Forest Academy, but, you know, it worked out. I learned a lot there. We were able to, you know, be on the ice a lot more than I would have back home in AAA. And um, I think I just kind of went with what I felt like, and, um, you know, it's worked out so far. Which AAA team? Which youth team? I mean, there's some big-time programs in Michigan with Honey Baked and Victory Honda yeah. and Little Caesars and Bell Top. I mean, it's big time there. Yeah, I played for Victory Honda for um, three years. I played AA before that for, for most of my, my life. So, um you know, Victory Honda was great. I still skate at their rink every every uh, summer and um, still use their facilities. So I think Ian Cole came out of that program yep. too, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. was with us in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. big Victory Honda guy. You talk about learning and, and playing and, and your development at the junior level. Your learning curve still <laughs> continuing at the NHL level. A lot's been made about your, your two-way play and how much that work off the puck has affected your game on the puck i mean how much do you notice that game in and game out do you find yourself in in better situations just based on that work ethic and and that 200 foot game that everyone always talks about yeah for sure i think um anytime you lose the puck and you can um you know come back and, and retrieve it i think or steal it on the back check i think you get so many opportunities like that uh feel like the you know, the quick attacks really um, are more high percentage than maybe, you know, just coming out of the zone and going down on a, you know, three on three. So um, try to just get the puck back and, and move it to Kaner. Kaner's going to make something <laughs> happen. So um, I think that was something that I kind of learned in uh, my third year when I wasn't scoring much, wasn't really producing much. So um felt like I had to do something else to, to get in the lineup and, um, you know, stay in the lineup. So... I thought, um, you know, you can always learn more and and be better. So I feel like 
that's something I've just kind of kept telling myself is, you know, you can always learn more. And, um, you know, it goes back to Kaner staying on the ice, trying to get better. You know, he's one of the best in the world. And, um, you know, if he's not satisfied, why would I be satisfied? He stays on the ice. And we had uh, Marc-Andre Fleury join us a couple weeks ago. We got flowers side of the post-game competition that takes place, a little bit of the chirping that takes place. I mean, you're out there with both of them late. It's uh, usually what you, Hagel, and and Kaner on the ice at the end doing the little shootout game against Flower and warmups. Oh no, no, I don't stay out there. Oh, so um, it's practice. Practice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but um, in practice, I, I I definitely I hear the, the chirping and Flower's funny. He's uh, he's very competitive too, and he's gonna let you know when he stops the puck. <laughs> so. Uh, makes you want to score that much more. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun to, to be with those competitive guys and, and get that competitive nature going. So is the neutral party there. Who who wins that battle more often than not? I mean, we hear from both sides. Kane is going to say he wins. Flower is going to say, you know, I got the best the event today. The cat's going to side with Kane all day. I, I, on, I don't know. I think it's pretty 50-50, honestly. Oh, listen to the politician <laughs> over here. Sometimes uh, – you know, Flower gets under Kaner's skin. I'm sure Kaner gets under Flower's skin some days. So I feel like it depends on the days and who's really feeling their game that day. So, um, but yeah, I think it's 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 pretty close to a tie. I would say. All right, I saw something when I first got here. Um, I don't know if it was Blackhawks TV. It was you and you were going shoe shopping with somebody um, early this year downtown you guys were going to get some high tops you were a part of that maybe hags you and hags okay is that like are you a big shoe guy is that a big uh like uh, you know i like shoes so i'm i'm curious about this now yeah yeah i do like shoes um i have a couple nice pairs i try not to buy too many pairs because i usually just end up throwing in my closet and those are closet full of like nike high tops um they were for a while i've kind of I've thrown a couple away and, you know, got rid of some, but I end up just wearing the same pair of shoe every day and I don't really dress up much. So like I wear sweatpants to the rink every day pretty much. So, um, I don't need nice shoes. Um, you know, maybe if I go to dinner, I'll throw on a nice pair of shoes, but yeah, I have a couple, couple nice pairs that come out every once in a while. So do you like the suit to the games? Like, would you feel better with like a, you know, like the Arizona coyotes have this like, you know, you can wear a suit if you want, or you can, you know, whatever, basically. I mean, I see guys on that team go all sorts of different ways with it. Like, where are you like on that? Like, would you, would you like rather that, or are you kind of like old, you know, Hey, I want to wear a suit. It's more comfortable or, um, I actually don't mind the suits cause, um, I think it kind of ups my style a little bit. I don't <laughs> have much style off the ice. So, um, when I'm wearing like jeans or something, I just don't really know how to throw it together where a suit I can just throw on and, you know, you already look semi good in a suit, so <laughs> I don't need, need too much going on. All right. So, so doesn't want to think a lot about it. Cause he's got to think about all the goals he's going to score. Yeah, that, right? I sound like I'm listening to myself here. I, I'm the same way. It's, <laughs> it's easy to throw on a suit, you know, they're in there, you know, and you I'm put the a opposite. shirt with it. I hate wearing a suit. Like I will do anything to not wear a suit. Like never. <laughs> well, have you ever seen me in a full no, suit never. this year? Never. No. I, I always am going yeah. off the, 
grit a little bit with the way that I do it. And a lot of people aren't a big fan you of it. You balance yeah, each other. You got to yeah. balance each other out. I feel like, you know, we, we win this side of the argument. Today. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like if I uh, was able to wear whatever I wanted to the games, I would wear jeans a couple times and then <laughs> I would get bored of that and then I would just throw on sweatpants for the game. So well, just I don't give, think that's good either. Give guys one more thing to be superstitious about because yeah. then you score with a suit on oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, got to wear a suit or yeah. then it's like, oh, I got to go back to the jeans because I scored with jeans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just one more thing to make yeah. you guys a too, little... Too much to think about. <laughs> well, last thing before uh, before we get, go- get let you get going here, uh, another practice day. You guys... Um, Last time we had you on the show, I believe last year, we had to, of course, get an update on the two most famous members of your family, uh, the DeBren dogs. Uh, I, I was doing a little searching um, before we before we oh, started I gotta today. I got to look this up now. Is this an Instagram the, thing I can find? It's oh. the, the, the DeBren dogs. They've got their own account, but wow. th- they haven't uh, they haven't been posting with the same frequency as much yeah. lately. What's up with that? How are how are Ralph and Bert doing? First off, and. Uh, I would have led with this, by the way, had I known this. (laughs) We're dogs. That's usually where I go first. So I would have led with this. So now I'm on Instagram looking this up as we're talking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're good. Um, Yeah, Lindsay's been slacking on the posting. (laughs) I'll have to give it to her. Come on, Lindsay. Like, let's go. We need to see more (laughs) Brinkit dog content. I know. Um, Here we go. I got them right here. Look at that picture right there. First one. The boys. Oh yeah, boys. that's those. Are, you guys are riding dirty yeah. there, huh? Yeah. We have a lot of boys' days in that house. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're good. They're just hanging out. It's something nice to come home to, and um, you know, just have some fun with them. I know Ralph doesn't really do much, but Bert, Bert's, Bert <laughs> Bert's likes a little to more play, active. so you get to have some fun with him, and just kind of takes your mind off the game, and um, you get to get away from it for it for whether it's you know a couple minutes or a couple hours. I think it's good to take some time away and um you know there's more important <laughs> oh things God. to life colby's colby's discovering the greatness yeah. we got a following picture <laughs> yeah, up exactly. yeah, i mean a lot of guys on the team have dogs and you know some dog accounts do you guys all get together do you have big big meetups with the play dates i know i know wrigley's their very close friend you know uh, yeah here's strong, wrigley yeah. i'm a yeah. big wrigley fan yeah i yeah. talked about wrigley on the broadcast Probably as much as I've talked about any of the players, so that's probably not a good thing for me. But you know, big big Wrigley fan over here. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't get together as much as you think. I know Bert loves to play with other dogs, and Ralph's kind of to himself. So um, that's okay. Sometimes it's a little harder to take them somewhere than it is just to leave them home. So we usually <laughs> leave them home most of the time. So um, but, that's fair. Yeah, they're great. Where well, where do you guys? spend your summers are you do you stay chicago you go back to michigan i know there's tons of like lakes and stuff on michigan great for dogs right yeah yeah we got a place in michigan um two years ago now so went back last summer was pretty much our first full summer there so um you know probably swimmers again no, no, they hate the water. Really? Yeah, they're they're more like that breed is more like cats, I would say. So oh, really? What is t- their breed exactly? Uh, Shiba Inu. Okay. So they kind of take care of themselves and are more to themselves. So the dodge the dodge coin. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were you were in it before dodge coin though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Uh, we, we've. I've had Ralph's about to turn four, and Bert's almost two. So I don't know when Dogecoin came out, but <laughs> are you going to get any more? Is two enough? Oh, I think two's enough. Yeah. The wife wouldn't be too happy if you came home with another dog. No. Uh, she would be happy, but I think it's a lot on her plate. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to wait for a bit. Yeah. 
There you uh, go. Well, we appreciate your time. Best of luck. Uh, happy early birthday once yeah, again. Big you. big two four coming up. Uh, have a great uh, great game on your birthday. Does that come into your head at all when you're going into some of those games? You're like, it's just another uh, day for you. No, my birthday's not really a big deal to me, so I just kind of I, sometimes I forget. All right. Honestly. Well, I'm sorry I brought it up. Oh uh, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I like. Uh, I like playing hockey, so it's a good uh, a, a good birthday present, and hopefully we get a win. Perfect. Well, appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck. Yeah, thank you. That will do it for today's episode. For Colby Cohen, I'm Carter Baum. A special thank you once again to Alex DeBrinkett for his time. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Tate's drive.